Welcome to 353rd, a bi-weekly podcast discussing the impact of the internet on business. Today is Friday, March 21st, 2014. This is episode number 69. I am Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Anders, we're coming up on show number 70. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how quickly this all goes down. Uh, I don't even want to think back. Too, just, it's been too much. And too yeah. much time, actually, since our last recording. It has been. It's been wait. So there's a reason why that is. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you talk about what you've been up to for the last few weeks? So as as loyal listeners will be very very easy to recollect, I am uh, working at, on a new project. I'm working over at Circle on cryptocurrencies, and one of the very different things that has happened is. Uh, after many years of working out of my own house, I am now going to an office uh, with a commute, no less. Yeah, and so you're becoming a working stiff. I am. I'm relying on public transit, even. Um, no, it's quite a uh, it's quite a change as far as that's concerned. Uh, it, it's it's fantastic for its track record of getting me out of the house and. Uh, you know, sort of getting me to to dress appropriately for the outdoor weather, um, and being aware of what is happening outdoors. That is also a nice, yes, uh, little indeed. Thing. Yeah, but it has impacted our our ability to record. The show schedule has been impacted. That's true, and there's we, been a material impact. As a matter of fact, <laughs> very. We've been trying to figure out a good time to get on Skype and start recording the show, and so. We'd had a few failed slash aborted attempts at all hours of the day and night. And uh, we are trying, it is now Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning, which I were seeming like it might be a good time to do a show. Yeah, yeah, so far so good anyway. Yeah, so we are, we are, we are diving right in. Um, yeah, so one of the things I thought it'd be interesting to talk about uh, very quickly is the whole Amazon Prime kerfluffle yes. of the last couple of weeks. So Don't get me all riled yeah, You got up. all hot and bothered about I did. that. I did. Yeah, so the uh, everybody who's uh, who buys from Amazon, I shouldn't say everybody, but many who buy from Amazon are Amazon Prime customers. What Amazon Prime does is it you spend seventy nine. It used to be seventy nine dollars a year, and you got free second day shipping on every package that you ordered. Yeah. Uh, that was Prime available, where Prime was available, which is almost everything. Which which essentially means it's shipped out of a Amazon uh, warehouse. As That's you know, right. some there are some third parties that ship out of their own facilities, and that of course is not covered. So Prime is a blanket service that you pay for and uh uh you know kind of sort of solidifies you as a customer makes you always decide yeah you know maybe i should just get it on amazon rather than in some brick and mortar retail because i it's going to be the same price or it's going to be cheaper even that's even, right you know well and uh, if you did the math if you figure that yeah you know at for two-day shipping you're going to pay at least seven dollars yeah. Every time you ship. So if you do the math and you ship more than, you know, 14 times a year or whatever it was, mm -hmm. uh, then Amazon Prime paid for itself. Which, which in my case is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm in the hundreds. Uh, yeah, we probably have. I was joking with somebody this week that we, 
I would say three days a week we have something land at our door from Amazon. Right. We yeah. buy so much from them, and it's and it's and it is a behavior that you just get used to, like you just described, where it's uh, you know I could drive, I could get in my car and go to the store and get this, or I could wait a couple of days and have it shipped to me. Have it just show right up. I don't have to get in the car. Yeah. yeah. So so I tweeted about this saying. You know they've they've now increased the fee from seventy nine dollars to ninety nine dollars. Not a not a huge fee, but I had said that you know their their plan is in motion, and right. the conspiracy theorists among us uh, maybe took that a little a little too. So I, let me just explain this. I don't think that this is there is a grand conspiracy here. I think that there is a plan to do exactly what you just said. Make our our uh, immediate thought be, I should just get this on Amazon, sort of ease us into that, get us used to it, and then slowly raise the prices on on not only Prime membership, but also uh, the, the cost of goods. Because, you know, I, you think about the way Walmart does it. They've got some items that are just below cost, basically. And you get the idea in your head that things are really cheap at, at Walmart. And then you go in and you look at some range of items, let's say TVs, right? They get very expensive. Um, the more expensive amongst them are probably higher than what you could get elsewhere. It's just stuck in your mind that everything is cheap at, at Walmart, and so you go. That's and right. Amazon is playing the same game. They're trying to yep. get you into a mode of shopping. And once well, and you're comfortable... I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Clark Howard and others back when Walmart was... And was what Amazon is today, which was everybody went to Walmart to buy everything. Yeah. I remember Clark Howard and others talking about how decoding the Walmart pricing system such that you could figure out, you know, if the price ended in, you know, with dot 48. So if something was $5 and 48 cents, mm -hmm. that was the cheapest, that was a loss leader product. And if it ended in, you know, 72 that meant that was something that was premium priced and there was they had wow. sort of cracked the code on how nice. walmart was pricing things yeah and uh, so that was pretty entertaining and i think my my thing about amazon is that uh it's probably the same thing i would say about walmart which is if they go the route you're talking about and you know begin to first of all the price of prime has not changed since they started it which i think was in 2005 Mm -hmm. So if you just allow for ordinary inflation, I think the twenty dollar price increase, while it's twenty five percent, it's a twenty uh, effectively is a twenty five percent price increase. Mm -hmm. If you look at it year over year, but if you look at it over the course of time, it's actually a pretty reasonable step up, uh, especially if you consider. I guess inflation is more or less flat over the last few years, but um, I think the the thing that I always come back to is that the market itself. Generally, the macro, if you talk about macroeconomics, uh, the market itself is always very efficient. Mm -hmm. And so if Amazon begins to do what you're talking about, then people will begin to walk away from Amazon and go to whoever the next one is that steps up and does this. I mean, I, I remember people saying no one will ever match the scale of Walmart. Yeah. And here we are. We're with Amazon. Yeah, is definitely matched it. It's definitely matched if yeah. not exceeded and more efficient and you know more convenient and all these other things and i think if that if what you're talking about happens which i think could happen 
I mean, yeah. there's no, there's been no indication so far that that Amazon is anything other than just looking to grab market share. Yeah, you know, that if you look at their performance and all that sort of thing, they never seem to quote make money. Right, they're never profitable. Yeah, uh, but they still demand, uh, you know, hundred x uh, right. price they still have a Great valuation. Yeah, and. So there's people, it's like people don't know if Amazon's the world's greatest company or the world's greatest Ponzi scheme. It's nobody knows. Yeah. And, but I think the, my thing has always been with these kinds of things is if it's too much money. So if you don't ship, you know, if you don't, if you don't behave like we do, where it's just a no brainer that it's worth doing even at a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. So if you're somebody that gets if buys you know gets 15 shipments a year from Amazon, then Prime's not worth it. Yeah, and of course sure. the other thing about Prime is that you get you get all of the video streaming and stuff like that for free. Right. But the big thing is shipping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I shouldn't say for free. It's a throw-in. Uh, yeah, it's a throw-in, right? Right. Yeah. Because it's it's in it's baked in there somewhere. Yeah. But but uh, but yeah, it was a big. There's I don't know if you read about this, but there's a class action lawsuit. Uh, against Amazon for around Prime because the scuttlebutt is that they're allowing vendors to bake in additional bake in the uh, cost of shipping right. to the price, yeah, which is supposed to be forbidden. Yes, it's supposed to be the price is the price, and then if you're a Prime member, you get shipping included. Right. And but what the scuttlebutt is with this class action lawsuit is that they're actually allowing vendors to dynamically calculate the price based on what the shipping is and then sort of hiding the shipping in the price of the product. Yeah. So, yeah, very sneaky. And there is one other uh, thing there. When you look at a product and you see a price, that's not necessarily the price I see. And that can be set on a number of variables. I imagine there's, I mean, that, that, (laughs) most of most times when you know you walk in a store and it says you know 79.95 when when you walk in a store it's going to say the same thing that's that's not true in a in a in a very drastic way online that's um, right because they can base it on how much you know your purchases this year yeah. or what color your hair is it doesn't right. really matter I, try, I tend to pull the trigger you know when it's uh when it's uh 99 you know something dot 99 or 79 or whatever, or, or just the types of things I've bought or the, um, you know, how, like how premium of a product I'd like to get. Um, they, they can make that, you know, look attractive to me. Whereas for you, you, you're less price sensitive and, and you'll pay a higher price for the same thing or something like that. Yep. So kind of yep. all over the, it's, it, it blurs the line between, you know, uh, good business and, and shady practices. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And there's one thing we can be sure of is that there's a lot of science around how they're calculating pricing and why prime works and why they're doing it. Yeah. None of this is by accident. No. And yeah, and, I, I, yeah. And so it's a good point about, you know, the fact that we all think we're used to that retail experience where, mm. If you go into Walmart and I go into Walmart, Walmart's not changing the price by the time I walk past that same item. Right. But Amazon very well may be, and any other, candidly, any other online retailer who understands your behavior as a consumer. And in terms of buying, there's nobody else. I mean, Amazon captures more of our spend than any other 
retailer by far. Yeah, that's true. With the exception so, maybe of a grocery store. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah, and, and that is also a maybe. So yeah. I, I think it would be an interesting service to uh, run a bunch of machines around the uh, around the world that connect to Amazon and tell you what the price, what they see the price as being um, for for whatever product you put in to see if you're being taken for a ride. That would um, be interesting. And if you were able to get users to sort of participate and give right. up their get right user credentials yeah, so and let those see. things log in as this guy yep. right exactly yeah, yeah that, that would be an be, interesting exercise yeah. yeah so speaking about uh fraudulent activity or or nearly fraudulent activity one thing that uh diving into this whole bitcoin ecosystem uh has done is is cause cause everybody to you know it sort of resurrects all the discussions that had been had over fiat currencies and have been settled and laws are put in place and processes have been ironed out and nobody really, everybody just kind of takes it all for granted now. Whereas in the Bitcoin marketplace, in the Bitcoin universe, and, and with the realities of the Bitcoin uh, uh, ecosystem, ability to send money anywhere in the world, um, you know, just the the way that it works, it reopens all of these uh, uh, all of these decisions that have been made. I mean, you know, previously the banking system it's all centralized, so you can centralize control. You can centralize. You can say, hey, anytime money goes across a, a international boundary, we want to you know make sure it fits within these these certain frameworks no more than ten thousand dollars in cash and this and that you know there's all kinds of uh of uh things that have been set up but of course with with bitcoin i mean it could be flying next door or it could be flying to the other side of the world you can't really tell from an address um you know really what and and where is it you know because it really isn't physically anywhere so it's causing us to re-ask a lot of these questions that had been asked and answered before and uh the answers we came up with before are very geared toward the uh constraints of the the financial medium uh of of you know kind of the historical the traditional uh financial mediums this new financial mediums medium causes us to re-ask all these questions again. And it got me into kind of looking at, well, why, what are the safeguards that exist in the existing system and why have they been built that way? And then because they are that way, where is the, uh, you know, where is that gray area? Where is the fine line? And, you know, just a real, in just very broad strokes, you can say cash businesses, casinos, you know, things like this where, where it's, it's on the edge of legality. I mean, some, some, uh, uh, Indian tribes have been given the, uh, the, uh, ability to run casinos, whereas others haven't or whatever. And, and, you know, it's considered a, a, you know, a gift. And so, well, why is that a gift? I mean, you know, and then you go and you look at it and you see, oh, uh, you know, it tends to ride a fine line between, uh, uh, you know, like there, for example, with casinos, with large cash businesses, any large cash business, um, it, 
represents an attractive target for a criminal element to hide the source of funds. So like, you know, money laundering in, in, in general terms. And so I, I started looking at this. I started reading the Wikipedia page on, on money laundering and, and seeing sort of the, the brilliance that's gone into how people have tried to look legal but actually hide the source of funds and, and do some illegal activity. Um, it's been pushed to the very edges. Um, and it, it seems that while there's a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great uh, enforcement uh, apparatus at work against these things, every time they come up with something or find something or, or, or kind of close a loophole, there is this huge creative incentive that has been cre- that's, that's out there right. where all of these uh, criminals will want to, uh, you know, kind of, kind of get around it. And then they come up with some brilliant, brilliant things. I yeah. mean, everything like, like, and they think big too. Like for right. example, well, the, the you know it's funny. They're all criminals are typically the first ones into anything that's either leading edge or isn't fully understood. It, yeah, uh, right. criminals will typically be the first ones to figure out how to exploit it. Yeah, isn't isn't well understood and yeah. and therefore isn't regulated efficiently or yeah. or you know properly, I suppose. And yeah. and. So, before we get into the the laundering side of it, which I'm really interested in, what yeah. do you think of the uh, the senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, comes up with this idea uh, a few weeks ago to ban Bitcoin in the U.S. Yeah, following uh, you know Thailand and South Korea and some other countries who have attempted to do it. And I remember reading that and thinking. Well, he really just doesn't get how it works, which is not atypical, right? It yeah. would, it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, people wanting to ban the internet. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can do things, but you can't shut it down. And Bitcoin is very much that same way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering what you think about kind of this back. Obviously, his reaction was following the whole Mt. Gox debacle, mm-hmm. where lots of people lost money. And we'll, uh, at some point when Mt. Gox comes back around, it'll be interesting to talk about that again. But you had this backlash in the government, in governments around the world when Mt. Gox went, went, uh, went south. And even here in the U.S. with this bill that was introduced to ban Bitcoin. And I'm wondering what you think about this, the draconian reaction, which always seems to come from, you know, first of all, government. And then second of all, it seems like these old curmudgeons in government who don't take the time to really understand how it works and just attempt to invoke the the heavy hand of government instead of trying to understand it. Well, when when you're a when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And yeah. you in the Mount Gox scenario, you have the you know what seems like a large number of faithful constituents being fleeced. So well, first of all, it's not a large number. It's That's right. a very small number. Comparatively, yep. it's very, very small. There, there are some people that lost a lot, 
but there are, you know, for the most part, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's not really significant, but it is headline and nobody understands it. And, you know, you're in this position where you go, well, I got to do something. So That's the right. first thing you do is, well, it's, you know, it's pretty much used all by the criminal element and I don't see any legitimate business going on here. So let's slap on, you know, slap the cuffs on anyone who, yep. And, you know, the, the, like shutting down the Internet, that's essentially, you know, that's not a good idea. It's not something yeah. that that is going to make it long term. And I remember back in the day, people were advocating yeah. shutting shutting down the Internet because somebody sent some piece of information somewhere else. And and that was it, you know. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, you turn the lights on and the cockroaches run underneath the they do underneath the baseboard. And I think that's a lot of what happens with you know things that are new is that when they're not understood it's like well let's just turn on the lights and the problem will go away well the cockroaches are still there yeah and they're still doing what cockroaches do yeah um and i think that's that's uh, anyway it's 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 interesting to that this that the reactions are always very predictable they are you always, yeah. you always get this the pendulum swings wildly at the beginning of these yeah. of these kinds of things. So talk, talk, talk for a bit about what you learned about money laundering. Cause it's really interesting. Yeah, sure. So, um, the, well, to, to, to sort of sum up, I think, first of all, they ignore you, then they, you know, yell and scream and say you're horrible. And then, then they, they get with the program and join you. And I think we're, right. we're now past the point where everybody's ignoring this because Bitcoin is over five years old. Um, yeah, now we're to the point where where there's you know we're screaming we're screaming fire in a crowded theater, and then I think later on we'll get to a point where where it's uh, you know there's an adequate regulatory framework. People are not being irrational, and they're they're taking advantage of the benefits and and uh, appropriately safeguarding the uh, the dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I dove into looking at money laundering and and now keeping in mind this is a uh this is a solution to a financial problem that's been long long standing and is uh has been molded to the realities of the world uh that that it that it uh, uh is is essentially created to get around um and the the most uh, one of the most useful tools in terms of somebody who is trying to launder money is cash. Cash is very similar to Bitcoin. There's they're just I mean there there's all you have all these bills out there and they happen to have a serial number on them. So technically you could track them, but pretty much nobody does. Right. Um, now I'm not suggesting that forever nobody will track Bitcoin. I think there is very interesting data mining. Uh, companies probably to be created that uh, looks at the blockchain and makes more sense of it than what is generally understood. Um, so in, in any case, looking at uh, uh, money laundering, there's there's some really interesting, I mean, there's there's the, the simple things like get on an airplane with a big pile of cash and fly to some destination that has less stringent uh, 
you know, AML laws. So AML is uh, anti-money laundering. Right. So you go to Barbados or yeah, right. some other yeah. far-flung destination. Yeah, exactly. And then there are some crazy stories, if you ever want to look them up, uh, about people that, that have, have, you know, gotten onto airplanes and, uh, you know, essentially hijacked the airplane and, uh, Taking the money, you know, when when the when the kind of the the law comes creeping in, they their exit plan is to jump out the back of the airplane with a parachute and, the, and a money bag, <laughs> and they're like never heard from again. And then you know, yeah, years funny. later, like somebody finds you know stacks of cash, you know, in in the the sand on a uh, you know on a riverbed that that match the the bill numbers that were used in the heist and so there's you know did the guy fall to his death or you know right yeah there's like, now did you have you seen uh, the wolf of wall street yet no not yet really want so to there, see that there's a uh, there's a story in there uh when uh when uh when the main character is making all of his money they they put they strap uh there's a eastern there's an eastern european girl who's a part of the story and they strap uh hundreds of thousands of dollars to her. This was back in the 80s. Yeah. So the story takes place, but you couldn't do this today because you you know, you go through the the body cavity thing and and you'd be found out. But in those days, yeah. it was you I, just walked, I don't even, on, you just walked yeah. onto the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. And so they strapped hundreds of thousands of dollars to this girl's body and stuck her on a plane flew her to Switzerland. Yeah. Just over and over, and then they got her family involved. Yeah. So there's like four or five people going back and forth to Switzerland all the time with all this money. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> actually, it brings up a so so talking about uh, talking about uh, anti money laundering and and controls and stuff like this. There is this uh, this friend of mine that uh, really wanted to preserve his you know gold elite status or whatever on some airline. I forget what airline it was. Some international airline. And in order to do so, he had to travel at least a quarter million miles in the year. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, he would have ended the year around 200,000 miles. So he needed to get another 50,000 miles. And it was actually worth it enough for him to pay for those miles because of all the, the upgrades and discounts and whatever sure. that he got, that it was definitely worth it for him to do that. So he could get on an airplane and fly to, so he would do this. He would just fly to London and, you know, grab tea and then fly back mm -hmm. and just over and over different places around the world. Turns out after a while, it didn't make sense to do that. It made more sense to fly, uh, to, to pay somebody to fly some expensive route, some, you know, in terms of miles, something mm -hmm. to get a lot of a lot of miles and and he found these routes that they were doing specials where they would quadruple the number of miles etc right, et sure. and the the price of the flight was relatively low turned out it was like from one municipality to another inside of Mongolia so he hires this guy to fly back and forth just using his number and he would pay for the flights fly back and forth back and forth all day long for for you know weeks so this guy's like, okay. And long story short, the, uh, you know, there, there are these guideline, guide wires, whatever that are tripped because this guy looks like a drug mule. 
Yeah. He's basically <laughs> going across the, you know, this, this, uh, certain line and it looked like he was just muling for some company or something. So they took him down at the airport and everything. And the, the guy writes back and says, dude, I'm done. I'm not doing your crazy That's fly funny. back and forth anymore. You know, he's, he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you know, <laughs> anyway, so he, so this poor sap got, you know, got detained for a while. And, and, you know, of course he had no idea. He's not like, he's not muling any drugs or anything. It was just very funny. Um, long story short, my friend did get hit. He had to fly back and forth to, to uh, London or whatever it was uh, a couple more times, but he did get his uh, elite status and, and, you know, the world kept on turning. But it, uh, it goes to illustrate sometimes you have to be quite creative to get uh, to, to kind of, you know, uh, take advantage of some of these loopholes. Yeah. Um, and probably the craziest one, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the money laundering. Um, probably the craziest one is uh, dealing with bank capture. So the bank system, essentially, if you're in the bank system, you're 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 a good actor. Was the was the loophole, mm-hmm. right? So these guys actually take you know by uh, controlling ownership of a bank, and once they have that, they can launder money essentially with impunity because they're inside the so i mean you know you have to understand that the incentive is extreme if you've got a lot of cash or a lot of money and you need to 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 hide the source of that money because it's illicit uh they will go as far to as to capture a bank (laughs) which yeah and i wonder i wonder what that will look like in the Bitcoin universe, uh, you know, there's, there are those who think Mt. Gox was, you know, the guys running Mt. Gox were in fact criminal yeah, and that they had, they had, uh, you know, criminal intent and all of this was known and, you know, everything that's happened was, uh, was in fact intentional. And I wonder, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, we'll know the truth about that at some point. And, but I, uh, but it's for me, I think the, you have to sort of take the bad of the exploits that happen at the beginning of a big change, which is what we're in with Bitcoin right now. We're kind yeah. of we're starting to see all this stuff starting to bubble to the surface. You have to take the bad of that at the beginning to so that the the overwhelming good of it can accrue to the majority of the population later. And I think that's I hope that's the cycle we go through. With uh, with Bitcoin, where there's there's going to there you know there'll be laws passed and there'll be things done, but eventually it will be uh, it will be well it'll have the same legitimacy as you know the U.S. dollar or whatever it is whatever the the measure whatever, is yeah whatever the measure is gold or yeah. pick your pick your pick your pick form your of bullion that's right <laughs> but uh, but you kind of have to go through it. there's a wild west period in every major move we certainly saw it with the internet you know the criminals come and candidly it's probably as bad or worse now than it was at the beginning uh certainly if you look at things like the target breach and things like that um you know the criminals are always very creative and always lead the way yeah and i think that's just that's how it's always been i don't think that's going to change and for me i think we just need to uh Stop having these, you know, irrational. Oh my gosh, people are criminals. Let's kind shut of the, reactions. Yeah, right. exactly. It's so surprising that yeah. somebody would use something 
that's not well understood for for harm and not good. Gosh, that's that's just remarkable. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So uh, one quick uh, thing on the Mount Gox front: uh, some uh, two hundred thousand coins uh, have been quote found unquote in an right. old unused wallet. Okay, so uh, so uh, y- you know the chance of of Mount Gox coming back with the what is it eight hundred and fifty thousand coin that they're that yes. they're actually missing uh to you know brings it down to 650 the chance of them all coming back i think is you know pretty near zero but uh it is very interesting to see uh that uh, you know that that's that's going on there might be uh there might be a, another chunk somewhere that somebody hadn't uh hadn't yeah, it'll be what will be interesting is if if those start to become more easily found as somebody gets closer to going to jail yeah, that's that's interesting. I, but see, I my whole just outside of the system kind of fifty thousand foot view take on what's been going on there is they're they're not really they're not really in control. They're not really you know uh, uh, this is not a, a criminal mastermind. Yeah, I don't is, think so either. Just a, I think it's ineptitude. Just inept. Yeah, this guy is yeah. just not. Not uh, wasn't ready for the 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 big time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's uh, that's our show, our eight o'clock in the morning Friday morning show. Um, we will be back within two weeks. I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, you're with, laying it down. I am laying it. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, within, it's the next one's episode seventy, so that's that's got to be. Oh, a good it's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a big one. It's big time stuff. Yeah, big time stuff. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, within two weeks, we will uh, be back. Thanks for listening.